the Father who we serve. I'm thinking about him right now. Can you imagine this Father who is always with us, never leaves us nor forsakes us? No matter what it looks like, no matter what storm we're going through, he is with us. And this is the Father that we come today to worship and praise. But not only today, but every day he is worthy. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we just want to say thank you. We just want to say that we love you. With all of our heart, mind, soul, body, and spirit, and strength, Father, we love you. We adore you. We worship you. We honor you. Because you are a good, good Father. Ha! Glory to God. There's none like you nowhere. None to compare to you. And we just want to tell you thank you. We just want to tell you that we love you. And we give you all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. For it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad to be here today? Amen. I say, how many of you are really glad to be here today? Hallelujah. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I love what he didn't stop there, but he said, uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify. The Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He's worthy of the praise. Amen. How long ought we to praise him from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same? He's worthy. I love the way the message Bible says from the east to the west, from dawn to dusk. Keep lifting up your praises to the Lord. Hallelujah. What a blessing to be here in the house of God one more time, to be among the people of God. And I know I'm in the midst of people who love the Lord because I see it on your faces. And I'm just grateful to be here today on this special day. I've enjoyed all weekend here with you. My wife and I, we've talked about and we've just been filled with joy and it's just been such a great time. And I, I, I want to take a moment here to say that, you know, as I was thinking about, and I, 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 I know you all already do this, but you all have a man of God here. You can go ahead and give, give, him, give praise to the Lord for him. And let me say that if you have 
come to know the Lord under the preaching and tutelage of this man. He is your spiritual father. And, and if you are out, if you were struggling in your walk with the Lord and you have grown stronger in the Lord under the preaching and teaching of this man, he is your spiritual father. And if you are following as he follows Christ, guess what? He is your spiritual father. So it's all right to say, God, thank you for my spiritual father. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I'm here to tell you today that, and I don't say this because he's my brother, but I do say it because he is my brother. He's my brother in Christ, right? Biologically, but most importantly, my brother in Christ. And, and I'm here to tell you that when he says, follow me as I follow Christ, you can definitely do that. Every, everywhere you go and somebody say that, you can't do that. Because when you look, you go like, mm, don't look to me like you following Christ. You following something, but it's not Christ. But we praise God for the angel of this house. Amen. I believe that if Jesus was standing here and we go and look at some of the things he had to say to the church in Revelations, some of those things that he says, I got ought against you, the things that he would say to this, the angel of this house, I believe already he would say, keep up the good work. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And, and, and I, I want you to know that uh, all over the nation and around the world, we are hearing the gospel that is being preached here at Exceeding Grace Christian Center. Don't ever, don't ever think that you are just here. Y'all are all over the place. Y'all got brothers and sisters out there y'all don't even know or see. But one day, when we all get to heaven... Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're grateful today, and I thank God again. Uh, my brother's already mentioned Aunt Eula, and I, I, I call her Mama Eula because, as you know, we lost our biological mom, and, and let me tell you, she just, she acts up now. Our, our uh, Mama Eula, she, listen, the other day she, we went to pick her up and she does what a mother does. She says, you know, uh, listen, I want to go here. I want to go there. I want this and I want that. And, and you say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We had fun. <laughs> amen. Amen. To the first lady of this house. That's all right. Give her a praise. Amen. Amen. Pastor Kim, she is just love. Amen. And, 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 and I know y'all already know this, but there's a word always in her bosom. There's always a word there. Praise God for Pastor Kim. Amen. And I would be remiss if I didn't give honor to 
my wife. I already told you she's my good thing. And uh, I'm going to ask my wife to stand for a moment. Sister Excel. My, my wife, she, she's so funny. She, it, 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 she didn't just, you know, a tie for Father's Day. She was like, no, you're going to dress the same colors I got, you know. <laughs> just in case you get the preaching and your ring slip off your finger, they're still going to know you belong to me. There is a method to her madness. <laughs> Amen. But I'm grateful to God for her because she is truly God's blessing to me. And uh, husbands, if you don't know that, if you don't know that your wife is God's blessings to you, I really entreat you to really get that in your spirit, you know, because the Bible say he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen? Amen. And hopefully this weekend has been a blessing to you all, and uh, it's been a blessing to us. Today we celebrate Father's Day. Coming in this morning, I began to think and I was praying and I said, God, thank you for being the father that you are. Jesus said that he is our father. And you know the thing about it, when we look at God, and we look at him as Father, Abba, Father, it changes how we see him. There's something about having a relationship with the Father when you see him as Abba, Father. He's Daddy. We don't, we don't, we don't have to uh, uh, worry about when we're talking with him to, to come to him with fancy words and try to be proper. Father, I do want to thank thee today. No, you don't talk to your daddy like that. Your dad buy you some new shoes. I just say, hey, dad, thank you. Thank you, dad. My new chucks, my new high tops. Oh, they don't make those anymore? Oh. Man, when I was a kid and my dad bought me some new Converse's, that was like, uh, you know, a, a new pair of Jordans. We used to go to J&M Fields, y'all remember that? That was the place for us. Dad taking us to J&M Fields. Look, look, it didn't even matter if he bought us nothing. We was just glad that he was taking us somewhere. And we say, thank you, Dad. Thank you for spending time with us, Dad. And that's how God is. He is our Father. And here it is. He longs to spend time 
with us. He just wants us to spend some time with him. Amen? I don't know if, and when I think of the fathers, if you would remember a time that your son or daughter came up to you and said, Dad, I'm sorry I disobeyed you, or I'm sorry I lied to you about that. And, but I remember that, and, 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 and even though there was some anger or disappointment at that moment, but the pure honesty of that, Dad, I'm sorry. The pure honesty of that, it, it, it did something to me to the point that I decided that the discipline that they should have gotten, I decided to hold that back because I saw the sincerity of their, I'm sorry, their repentance. That's how our father is. So today I want to talk to us about the way our father, our heavenly father responds to us. Our text today will be coming out of Luke chapter 15, a very, very familiar passage of scripture. Most of you know it by heart. Um, Luke 15, verse 11, and I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version and maybe different from what you have, but I believe you'll probably see it on the board there. Amen. A very familiar passage of scripture. Most of us call it the story of the prodigal son, right? Amen. So I'm going to just start reading at verse 11, and I'm we'll go down through verse 24. Amen. Verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the youngest son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion 
and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fatted calf and, bring, and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Father, as we stand before your people today, we pray that we will have open hearts to receive what you have for us. Give us an ear to hear. Let us see what you want us to see. And let us not just see it, but God, let us take it in, internalize it, and let us apply your word to our lives so that we will be not just hearers, but we will be doers. Stand up in me. God, you speak through me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This youngest son did something that in that day and time was crazy. You see, he went to his dad, who was obviously still alive, and said, Dad, I want my inheritance now. What he literally was saying is, Dad, I wish you were dead so that I can have what's coming to me. That's what he literally said to his dad. I wish you were dead. And you see, if you understand that day and time, they lived in a patriarchal society. That meant dad was the law. There was no sheriff. There was no 911 for you to call when dad disciplined you. His word was the word. And this son literally took his life in his own hands and he said, Dad, I wish you were dead now so that I could get what's coming to me. I want my inheritance now. We live in a time even now when kids are doing that. I read recently where uh, a, a son could not wait for his parents to die to get his inheritance, so he killed them. Thought he was going to get away with it, but he was trying to get the, the inheritance. But here in our story today, we see a father is faced with an issue. The issue was, my son wish I was dead so that he could get his inheritance now. And here's the truth of the matter. In that society, the father had every right and everybody expected him to put his son against the wall and they pick up stones and stone him to death. He would have been justified. But his father did something reckless. He did something different. He did the unexpected. And the Bible says that he divided up his property. You see, everything he had was in the land. 
And, and see, when the people looked around and they saw his great wealth, it was because of all of the land he had. And not just the physical land, but everything that was on the land. He was a wealthy man. And his son said, Dad, give me what's coming to me now. I want my one-third now. The Bible says that this father responded in a reckless way that he divided up his property and he gave his son his inheritance. And as you can imagine, his son probably quickly liquidated this. Got his money. And the Bible says he went off to a distant land. Hallelujah. How many of you know that that's how Satan is, will do when, 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 when he comes to us and he causes us to, to, to go astray, he uh, have us go into a distant land. You see, we don't want to act up around the people we grew up with. We don't want to act up around the church folks. So when we want to do our stuff, we go to Vegas because everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So we get ourselves together and we, we, we want to go traveling cause, because I, I don't want to be anywhere that I might run into Pastor Anderson. I know he travels around the southeast, and uh, so I think, I think I'm going to go uh, on the west coast because I haven't heard him talking about going out there to San Diego, so I'm going to go out there so I can party hardy. This is what this son did. The Bible said he took his money and he went and squandered his living. Now, we don't know exactly what he did, but, but, but can we have a, a, a little bit of today's, uh, uh, if you will, give me a little liberty. And I can imagine that he went out and went partying. Went to a few of those uh, gentlemen's clubs. Handing out those dollar bills. Y'all know how it is. He, he, he thought he was having a good time, and, and he's flashing his money. And when he flashed his money, guess what? He began to get a lot of friends. You flash money, people show up. Fake friends with fake news. That's what they do. The Bible said he squandered all that he had, all of his money, and, 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 the, and he was out there having a good time, living in La Vida Loca, living it up and turning it on. But let me tell you what, God has a way of straightening us out. You see, God could have stopped him from leaving. But we wouldn't have learned the lesson. God could have stopped him before he had spent it all, but we wouldn't have learned the lesson. Sometimes God allow us to go out there and do our stuff, and when we become destitute, that's the only time that we can hear from him. Because the Bible says that when he had spent all, I, 
I'm looking for money. I'm hoping I left something somewhere, a couple of dollars. But the Bible says he has spent all, and guess what? Then a famine arose in the land where he was at. A great famine arose in that land. He found himself broke, busted, and disgusted. And here it is. None of his so-called friends, his fake friends, were around. They, 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 they didn't answer his call. Uh, uh, they unfriended him on Facebook. Uh, they took him out of their fave five. They deleted him from their Twitter account, their text and email list. They were not answering. That's how Satan messed us up. That's how he do. He'll have us get out there and, and those who are around us are pretending to be there with us. And then when we are destitute and we're in trouble and we call on them, they won't answer. Can I tell you something? I believe God keeps them from answering you because God wants you to call on him. His friends, nowhere around. Then he tried to find himself a job. And I can imagine, can I bring it back to today's vernacular? Even Waffle House wouldn't hire him. Even Waffle House would not hire him. Couldn't find himself the job he wanted. And, and, and this is how Satan does. The, the Bible says he found himself in want. And then he finally found a job. He found a job that was the most disgusting job he could ever have. You see, he was a Jew. And the only job he could get was doing something that he had no business doing. He had to feed the pigs. You see, when God want to get in touch with you, he'll take you all the way to the bottom. This man, this son, found himself feeding pigs. And, 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 and you and I may not understand that, but, but may, let me make it plain. It's like you and me having a job cleaning porta potties at the state fair by hand with no gloves on. Y'all get the picture? Y'all get the picture? That's what that job was like to him because it was so disgusting for them to have to touch pigs. I'm trying to get us to understand it. And then the Bible says that the prodigal son was so hungry that he wanted to eat the slop that the pigs were eating. How many of us know that all of Satan's schemes end up leaving us in a pigsty? Jesus said that Satan, who is the thief of our souls, he comes, and that's in the present tense, he comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I'm going somewhere with y'all. Hang with me. I'm going somewhere today. This prodigal son, this son, this younger son, he is in the pigsty. He's 
feeding the slop to the pigs. He's looking at it, and, and, and I can almost see him want to just grab a little bit of what he's feeding and, and just eat. He was hungry. I believe he was at that hunger that, that we used to say that I'm so hungry my belly button is rubbing my backbone. That's some serious hunger there. He was hungry. But then this began to bless me as I read this. The Bible says this, that while he was in the pigsty, while he was there and, and, and he was destitute, he was broken, disgusted with himself. But while he was there in the pig pen looking as he almost wanted to eat what they had, and it was at that moment that God could really get in touch with him. How many of you ever been there? You know that you were at your lowest, and that's when God got in touch with you. The Bible says that he came to himself. That means he came to his senses. Can I bless us? When, when, when we are walking with the Lord and we allow the devil to get us to go astray, I'm going to just tell you, there's, we, we, we ain't in our right mind. We ain't in our right mind. The Bible says let this mind be in Christ that was in us, right? Let this mind be in us that was in Christ, excuse me. And so we have to understand that Satan will first because the battle goes on in our mind. That's why I know that when we go astray, we're not in our right mind because Satan has been bombarding our minds. Amen? So he came to himself. He said, wait a minute. The servants at my father's house got more to eat than I do. They got good bread. They got some good stew over there. Man, John probably eating some brats right now. Oh, man, I know. I know. I know. I know Miss Sarah done cooked some of that fried cornbread up in there. I'm, I, 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 I know they got more to eat than me. Why am I here? He said, I think I'm going to arise. I will arise, and I'm going to go back home. And I'm going to tell my father that I messed up. I'm going back home. And so today, I want us to understand this, and I want to just talk to us for the next few minutes from this subject, how the father responds to our repentance. How does the Father respond to our repentance? You see, the prodigal son was overshadowed really by the prodigal father. So let me help you as we go through this, and we'll keep this in mind. Prodigal, the word prodigal means to be reckless. To spin reckless. So reckless. Keep that in mind, right? And we're going somewhere. So this the, the prodigal, the prodigal son returns home. And and as we look at this, there's some things that I want us to keep in mind as we understand how the prodigal father responds to our repentance. Can we do this? Okay, look at verse 20. Can you get verse 20 up there? Here we are. All right. 
The first thing that I want us to understand is this. When we repent of our sins, the Father sees us. Right there in verse 20, it says, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. You see, the thing about it is when we stray, when we, when we allow ourselves to be taken away, the father is still waiting for us to come back home. You see, every day I can imagine that this father, when, when he gave his son this money and his son went off, every day the father would get up and, and he, would, he would stand and he would wait, be looking for his son to return home. He didn't come home today. The next morning he's back there and he's out there. He's looking. I'm looking. I'm waiting for my son to come back home. I know he's going to realize that it's not all it's chalked up to be out there. I know that he's going to realize that, that it's all messed up out there. I know he's going to run out of money. I know he is coming back home. So I'm going to look for him. The Bible says that when the son was still a long way off, his father saw him. And I began to think, he was still a long ways off. I mean, a long ways off. How in the world did his father recognize him? And I began to say, I, I thought to myself that that father knowing his son better than his son knew himself. Uh, uh, even when he was a long way off, I can imagine him goes like, wait, I, I, that looks like my boy. I, I, I can tell. Wait a minute. That, that's my bow-legged son on his way back home. Oh, he looks bad. I'm sure he smells bad. But he's my son, and he's coming back home. The moment that we repent of our sins, the moment we repent in our heart, the moment we turn back to him, the heavenly father sees us. He recognizes us as his own. He, 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 you know, he looks at us and he walks almost like me. That's my son. Even before we get close to him, he's already moving toward us. Why? Because the father desires fellowship with us. Just like the father in this story recognizes son, our heavenly father recognizes us when we come back home. He recognizes the change in our heart. He recognizes the way that we have been transformed by the renewing of our mind. He recognizes our commitment. To worship him. He recognizes that we are on our way back home. And then because of that, he recognizes us as his own. You see, he sees us. When we repent of our sins, the father not only sees us, but here's the second thing I want you to remember. He responds with mercy. You got to remember this. He responds with mercy. In verse 20, it says there, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. The father had compassion on his son. That means he felt 
pity for his son. That's what he did. He felt pity for his son. In other words, the father showed his son's mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is an outward manifestation of pity. It is God holding back what the punishment that we deserve. That's why we say every morning, thank you, God, for your mercies. Your mercies are new every day. Hallelujah. There have been some days that I was glad because I know I ran out of mercy the day before. Thank you, God, for your mercy. When we come to God with a repentant heart, when our repentance is sincere and not one of those, oops, my bad. God don't deal with those. You can't come to a God with like, oops, my bad. Uh-uh. We have to be sincere in our repentance. And when we are sincere, when we are truly repentant, the Father shows us mercy. In other words, he holds back the punishment that we deserve. The Apostle Paul helps us to understand this, uh, 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 this mercy and, and, and the fact that to not have mercy on us is totally God's choice. In Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 16, it says this. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then, hallelujah, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. How many of you are glad for God's mercy? Anybody ever had a time when you knew it was the mercy of God that you are still here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And over in Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, it says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his mercy. Great is his mercy. Amen. And, 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 and I'm trying to get us to understand how important this mercy is to us. You see, uh, uh, we can look in Jeremiah and, 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 and we can see where, God, uh, where, where this mercy is important. Jeremiah uh, uh, spoke in Lamentations chapter 3, uh, verses 21 to 23, and he says this. But this I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. Have you ever had a time when you didn't think that you had hope? Jeremiah said, if you think about it, you'll have a reason to have hope. He said, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. The Apostle Paul said over in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, he says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. 
This is about the mercy of God. When we repent of our sins, the Father not only sees us, he not only responds with mercy, but here's the third point. He also responds with love. Can we look again at verse 20? And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And here it is. And ran and embraced him and kissed him. That's a good, good father. So many times, and can I get, you know, like we are today, so many times we have fathers, oh, you know, I'm, hey, son, how's it going? Good to see you. Good to see you again. It's been, it's been like six months since I saw you. No. Give that boy a hug. Give that boy a hug and give him a good hug. Give him a kiss. You are glad you are his father. This is what this father did. He ran to his dirty and stinking son and put his arms around him, gave him a hug and a kiss because he loved them. Hallelujah. He didn't allow the stuff that had gotten on him from his long journey, the dust. He didn't go like, you need to go take a bath first. He ran to his son, put his arms around him, and kissed him. That's love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? The Father loves us so much that when we are on our way back to him, he doesn't wait for us to get to him. He will run to meet us. He'll run to meet us. He's at work drawing us to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I prove my point? Look at Romans chapter 2 verse 4. Romans 2 and 4 says this. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? He's drawing you to him. Go to Jeremiah 31 and 3. The Lord appeared to him from afar, from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Here it is. With love and kindness have I drawn you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God shows us his love even while we're still his enemies. That's how good of a father we have. He reaches us out to us even when, before we can confess our sins. And he knows our hearts. You see, the son was coming back and he said, I'm going to tell my dad this. I'm going to confess this to him. But the father was already running to him. Romans 5 and 8, Romans 5 and 8, y'all know that scripture, tells us but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, hallelujah. He covers our sin and shame with his love. 
Can you imagine that? You see, as we look at this story, this son is on his way back home. But as he's coming back home, he's got to make the long walk through town. To get back to his dad's house. And you see, the problem was everybody else knew what he had done. They knew how he had caused his dad to divide up his land. They knew how he had gone out and spent all his money because they saw him coming back home. He was walking dejected on his way back home, and they were talking about him. Look at that boy. I told you he'd be coming back home. Look at him looking raggedy, looking all nasty. I wouldn't even want to be anywhere around, and that's how we do today. People want to come to God. They want to come to the church. They want to give their life to the Lord, but we look at the way they look on the outside, and we begin to talk about them. But how many of you are glad that we serve a father who looks at our heart? He is not worried about how we look on the outside. He wants to save us. He wants to draw us to himself we get somebody to come in and they they look different than us hallelujah I, I, you, let me tell you something uh, 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 you got somebody coming in and they they want to be saved look look let me tell you what you can't get their pants up until they get the Lord on the inside we worried about trying to get their pants up Oh, boy, before you go up to the altar, you need to pull your pants up. Let me tell you what. Hallelujah. If God can change the inside, he'll change the outside. You see, we look at the, and we, the, other, the thing we don't understand is that the problem with our young people today, the reason why they're doing some of those things is because of who they're looking at as their heroes, who they are trying to emulate on the outside. But when they understand the love of the Father, it will change us from the inside out. So this young man coming back home, and the people are talking about him. They're looking at him, and they're, they're talking about him bad, and, and, and the Father sees that. You see, the father sees that they are talking about him, and they, they look at him, and then look at his son. They're shaking their head, and, they, and the father realizes the shame that his son is enduring. So can I bless us? Can I bless us? The father, he did something that was, to me, very reckless. You see, he had not only uh, divided up his land, which was a reckless thing, but the Bible says that he ran to his son. But can I bless you? In order for him to do that, he had to do something that was ridiculous in that day. First of all, as a rich man, they never ran. But the Bible said he ran to his son. Rich men don't run. They are carried. But the Bible said that when he saw his son, he had compassion on him. And he began to run. There's my son. But can I bless you on? In order for him to run, he had to hitch up his robe and show his legs. Rich men never showed their legs. But what he did when he did the running and lifting his robe, he took the shame off of his son and put it on himself.
Somebody say, we serve a good, good father who will take the shame off of us and put it on himself. You see, when he lifted his robe and began to run, the town people stopped looking at his son and began to look at the father. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you ain't. Can you believe that father running to that old jacked up son? But can I help you? The father didn't care what they were saying. All he wanted to do was get to his son who was coming back home. Somebody say, hey! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we repent of our sins, the Father not only sees us, he not only responds with mercy, he not only responds with love, but he responds with grace. Let's look at verse 21 and 22. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22. But the father said to his servants, quickly bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. The first thing we need to see there in verse 22 is this. You see, the father listened to what his son had to say. He heard him. He said, Dad, I'm sorry. I've sinned against God and against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. But here it is. The father didn't even address that. He didn't even address it. He didn't say, yeah, boy, you're right. Mm-hmm. I knew you'd be bringing your stinking butt back home. He didn't say that. He's a father of love, right? But look what he does. The father forgave his son. He didn't have to say it. He just did it. He didn't have to make a big deal out of it. He just did it. God forgiveness cancels out our sins. How do we know that? At the beginning of verse 22, there is a big word, but. But. You see, the but cancels out everything in front of it. Everything before. The, 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 the son says, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He was saying, I I'm not even worthy to be called your son. But. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God said but to me. Oh, 
father means the father immediately forgave, that's canceled out, his son's dishonorable and shameful deeds. You see, we can understand this better. Let's look at uh, Romans 6 and 23. Y'all know that scripture by heart, right? For the wages of sin is death. There's that but again. There's that but again. For the wages of sin is death. It is eternal separation from God. But, I told you we ought to be glad for the but. The gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life. Woo! Ephesians chapter 2, let's read one more. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God. I'm sorry, maybe it's just me, but this is blessing me. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Whew. This is amazing. First John chapter 1 and 9, I'm blessing us here. I'm, I, hallelujah, hallelujah. It, it's a very familiar passage. Scripture says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from some, wait a minute, did, did I, let me read this again from, that says all. All, not just some of it, all unrighteousness. You see, there's something about the power of the blood of Jesus, right? Hallelujah. The father did something, he returned the son here it is, to the most favored status. How many of you glad for favor? Yeah. Hallelujah. When we confess our sins, God gives us what we don't deserve. He extends his grace to us. He does this, here it is, to bring glory to himself. That's what the Father in heaven does for us, right? And, and he brings glory to himself. But here it is, this is what blessed me. The Father says, bring out the best robe. The best robe. Do you all understand what that means? You see, the best robe is the Father's robe. The best robe is the Father's robe. He said, bring out the best robe, it's a sign of dignity, a sign of restored standing in the family. Now, now, can you picture this? They're, they're out there in the street, right? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. This, this just hit me. Bless you, God. He didn't take him in the house. Right out where the people were talking about his son, the father said, I'm going to do it right here. And he said, bring out the best robe. 
go look in the back of the closet. It's all covered up, zipped up to keep the moss out of it, to keep the dust off. Yeah, that's the one. The purple robe, that's the one. Bring it out and put it on my son. We are restored. Hey! We got good standing in the family. Put on the best robe. You see, when we repent, God will clothe us in a robe washed in the blood of the Lamb. We look over in 1 John chapter 2. One of my favorite scriptures, it says this. It tells us that we have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. Let me tell you what. He is with the Father. You know what? He is the propitiation for our sins. When we understand who Jesus is, that's why I love it that we can be washed in the blood of the Lamb. God will clothe us in righteousness. So we, we got a, a robe on, the Father's robe, the best robe, right? And then he says something else, all, still in the street, and you know, just getting the Father's robe, that messed the townspeople up. Hey, CNN, you better get over here. See, come on. NBC, get over here now. You got to see what's happening. Something crazy is happening in our town. Somebody already live streaming it on uh, uh, Facebook. Bing, bing, bing. Those are hits. Bing, 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 bing. But then the father does something that's even more outrageous. He says, bring him a ring. Bring him the ring. Well, you see, that the thing was that the ring that he brought him out was the ring that had the father's signet on it. Not just any ring. But this is a ring that when they sign stuff, they would dip the ring in ink and they sign it. So when the son is wearing the father's signet, whatever he signs has the authority and the backing of the father. Woo! This means, can I bless you? This means that the son again carries the father's name and authority. Hallelujah. 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 That's why when you're a child of God, that's why you can go and you can pray and whatever you ask in the name of Jesus. I got the ring. I have been restored. Look at my clothes. I got a robe, I got a ring. But let me tell you, the last thing he did that messed him up, just to the son, right? He said, now, bring out some shoes for him. You see, the father wanted to differentiate between his servants and his son. You see, I told you the father heard him when he said, when he said, just uh, make me one of your servants. 
Treat me as one of your servants. You see, the problem was the servants did not wear shoes. So the father said, bring shoes to put on his feet. I want everybody to know he is my son. He is not my servant. He is my son. Got on shoes. Got on shoes. Ugh. I look at those shoes and remember what the son must have walked through. I don't know if he even had shoes on when he was in the pig's pen. I want to believe that his shoes wore out over there and he didn't have money to buy anymore. And he had to walk through what the pigs ate and what they left behind. And all the way home through the dusty streets. But the father said, bring out some shoes and put them on his feet. How many of you glad that he put shoes on your feet? Woo, hallelujah. When we repent of our sins, the Father not only sees us, he not only responds with mercy, he not only responds with love, he not only responds with grace, but here it is, he also responds with renewed fellowship. Verse 23. I'm sorry, this is blessing me. Verse 23, and, and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. You see, the Greek word for fellowship that's used repeatedly in the New Testament, it is the word koinoia for fellowship. It has a stronger meaning than what we use in the English it means having communion by intimate participation. When we go and we sit down to dinner and we just talk as we enjoy dinner, not like, you know, uh, you just sit there and you're eating dinner and, and you're watching a football game up there. And what'd you say? Uh huh? I, I didn't hear you. That's not. Fellowship. We're talking about intimate participation. Why? Because I'm interested in what you're talking about. You're interested in what I'm talking about, how I'm doing. Therefore, when we read of having fellowship with God, it literally means participating in an intimate relationship with God himself. That's why when we come to him, Jesus said, they that worship the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. That equates to intimate fellowship with the father you see i believe the father expected his son to return home you see i i i believe that he had already commanded you know hey get that calf i want you to give him an extra meal fatten up that calf because i know my son is coming back home uh, he, he, and i want you to be prepared for it and i want you to know that likewise god never gives up on us i don't want you to think that if you stray away and maybe today that's you that that you have been struggling in your life i don't want you to think that god has taken his hand off you i don't want you to think that 
that God has given up on you, God is waiting for you to come back home and he's preparing for your return. <laughs> Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells us this. Y'all know that scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That means God has a plan for our life. And a part of that plan, God wants to have fellowship with us. Look at Revelations 3 and 20. We're almost done. Hallelujah. Says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Look at 1 John 1 and 3. 1 John 1 and 3, it says, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? Hallelujah. The Father wants to have fellowship with us. When we repent of our sins, the Father not only sees us, he not only responds with mercy, he not only responds with love, he not only responds with grace, he not only responds with renewed fellowship, but here's our last one. He also responds with joy. He responds with joy. How many of you know the Father is glad when we come back home? He ain't like, boy, I thought you were gone. I thought I'd gotten rid of you. That's not our Father. He responds with joy when we return home. Look at verse 24 there. Verse 24, he says this. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began, what? To celebrate. They began to celebrate. You see, the father was overcome with joy. When his son returned home, he was overcome with joy. That's why he ran out to meet him. That's why he did the things he did. He was overcome with joy at his son's return. His son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he is found. He responded with joy. God got excited about our confession and our repentance. That excites God. That excites God. How do I know? Can, can, I, can I bless you? Let's look at Luke 15 and 7. What verse 7 says this. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. You see, the father was joyous when his son returned home. And I want to tell you today that when we repent of our sins, it does not matter what you've done, but when you repent of your sins and you return to the father, heaven starts to rejoice. There's a party that breaks out in heaven. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I returned home. I'm glad that the Father was waiting for me. I'm glad that when he saw me, he didn't just sit there, but he ran toward me. How many of you know that in this story, the prodigal father is our heavenly father? He is the one who spent recklessly for you and I over 2,000 years ago. I'm feeling this thing. Hallelujah. I said over 2,000 years ago, our father looked down and saw our condition. He saw that we were down and out and destitute. Because of the sin in our life, we were stuck. We were bound. We were on our way to hell. But I'm telling you, the father was reckless in his actions. Hallelujah. The devil couldn't understand why the father would do what he did. But one day, he looked down and saw the sins of mankind. He saw your sins and he saw my sins. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm going to send my son down to this sin-cursed world to die on a cross. That cross should have been yours and mine. But I couldn't pay for my sin because sin can't pay for sin. But the Father who was rich in mercy, who was full of grace, he saw my sins and he sent Jesus down here to the earth through 40 and two generations. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And the father, he shamelessly sacrificed his own son. There was no greater shame than to die on a cross, crucified on that old rugged cross. But the father sent his own son, the fatted calf, down here for you and I. Put him up on a cross on a hill called Calvary. Yeah! And the father let his son hang there in shame just for you and me from the sixth to the ninth hour until the earth began to shake. But he left him hanging there until the veil of the temple rent from the top to the bottom that gave you and I access to the father. Yeah! Yeah! Until the blood of the lamb had paid the price for all of our sins. Can I bless you? Not just our present sins, but our past sins and our future sins. The blood, the blood. I'm glad for the blood that Jesus shed just for me. Grandma said it like this. The blood that Jesus shed just for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood, the blood. 
blood. The blood reconciled us back to sonship and daughtership with the Father. That's the reason. That's the reason we wear the finest robe. If you're a believer, if you're a believer, you are clothed in Christ. Say it. Yeah. Over in Galatians, the Apostle Paul said, we who have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. Romans 13, 11 says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we do, we will make provision for the flesh. Hallelujah! My God, I thank God that we have been washed in the blood. I thank God that the Father heard our cry. We have been restored. The Father longs for fellowship with us. Perhaps you are here today. Perhaps you were here today and you didn't grow up with a, a good example of a father. A father who showed love. I want you to know that your heavenly father loves you. And today he's waiting. Can you see him? He's looking. He's waiting for you to come back home. Somebody under the sound of my voice right now, you're trying to make a decision whether to stay in the pig pen. No matter how Satan make you think it looks good right now, I want you to understand this. The pleasures of sin are all temporary. But the consequences can be eternal. Satan want to tell you, you are enjoying your life right now. He wants you to make you, he want to make you think that it's all good. I'm good. I can do this by myself. Jesus is standing knocking at the door. He's waiting for you to open the door. We used to sing a song, don't let this moment pass you by. Don't let this moment pass you by. Pastor Anderson, may I go ahead and alter call? First of all, I want you to know that the Father loves you. Men... We're living in a time when Satan is trying to take us all out. Fathers, Satan is trying to take us out because he wants our kids. He's already looking past us. Husbands, fathers trying to uh, 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 husbands, the devil is trying to take us out because he's looking past us and he's looking at our family. He wants to take our families out. 
It's not just you. He's looking way generations past you. And so the father is standing here with his arms wide open. He said, will you come home today? You see, it takes more courage to make this walk and say, Lord, I surrender to you. And so I want to ask today, is there one who today say, Lord, I, I want to come home. Father, I'm tired of this pig pen. I, I, I'm not worried about how others will see me. I'm not worried about the one who's sitting next to me, what they're going to think. I want to come home because I know coming home today, I can have eternal life with you forever. And Satan won't want you to do this. So I'm asking, is there one? Is there one? Is there one today who will say, Lord, I'm coming home? Is there one? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to wait a moment. I'm going to wait for you. In the name of Jesus. And I always like to think of it, if, if Christ came back right now, would I be going back to heaven with him? If I died right now, will I spend eternity with him? You see, we don't like to talk about hell. We don't like to talk about it because if we don't talk about it, it can't be real, right? It's real. We don't want to like to talk about the torment in hell, but we need to read the story of Lazarus and the rich man. It is not a parable. Jesus does not give names in parables. This is a story he gave us a glimpse of what hell will be like. And so I ask today, is there... One who you know that if you died right now, you would not be going to heaven with him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Pastor Kim to come help me because what I want her to do and I'm going to ask my wife, some of our elders' wives. I want y'all to come pray for all of the fathers today. I want us to stand out here. I want you all to pray for us because uh, we, are facing, we are facing an enemy who is not stopping. It's easy for us to sit back and, and, and not talk about it. It's easy for us to, make, to, to, to try to act like, you know, in front like, you know, the devil is a messing with us. He is. As fathers, as husbands, the devil is coming against us in, an, in, in a way that, if you can imagine, you've never seen before. And so I want us all to come up here for prayer. Amen. Will you all join me, Pastor Kim?
Oh, Father God, we come to you right now, our good, good Father, our loving Father, our Heavenly Father. Oh, God, we thank you today for these men who have come up, Father God, for prayer right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father God, that you are in them. You are working on them, God. You are for them. God, you're working through them. You're doing great things, oh, God. They are your sons. They are mighty men of valor, God. They are strong in you, God. They will do great exploits because of you, oh, God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we intercede on behalf of these men, God. And we steal the hand of of Satan right now and we plead the blood of Jesus over every one of their lives now in the name of Jesus we declare God that they are whole in you that they are of sound mind they are sound in their bodies in the name of Jesus God we thank you that no weapon formed against them will prosper hallelujah God and every tongue that's damned them oh God we come against now in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah God we're speaking now to every hurt that they've ever suffered in their lives. God, by some father who didn't see their value, oh God. We command now that they begin to see the value they have in you, oh God. Let them see themselves, God. Ah, not as worthless, oh God, but let them see themselves, oh God, as valuable in the kingdom of God. God, let them know that everything that's going to take place, hallelujah, in this region, Everything that's going to take place in this state, everything that's going to take place in this nation, in their homes, in their families, on their jobs, God, it's got to come through them in the name of Jesus, God. Oh, God, let them see the authority that they have in you by the blood of Jesus Christ, God. We thank you, Father God, oh, God, that they are sound in their minds. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that they walk in their integrity. They walk in holiness. They walk in righteousness, God. Thank you, God, that they heed your word and no vile thing comes before their eyes, oh God. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, Father God, now that their bodies are strong in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We curse every disease Satan has sent against the men of God now in Jesus' name. God, they will live out fullness of days. Hallelujah. With long life, you will satisfy them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. God, now we even call in their place of affluence and influence in Jesus' name, God. You've called every one of these men to be the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. God, never let them see themselves beneath anybody, oh God. Let them see themselves, God, as ruling and reigning in this life. Hallelujah by you, God. And now, God, we even call in their financial prosperity now in Jesus' name. We call them rich. We call them abundantly supplied. We call them never running out, but always running over. We command, God, the best robes on their lives. God, we command the best rings on their lives. We command their feet to be shod with the best shoes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
God, and we believe it is so. We have this confidence, oh God, that whatever we've asked, hallelujah, according to your will, it is done. It is done, and God, we call it done in these men's lives. We call it done in these men's lives. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> and we thank you today. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Hallelujah! 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 Woo! Bless the name of the Lord. fathers good fathers <laughs> you're good fathers hey! hallelujah your children are blessed because of you hallelujah 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 Woo! bless the name of the lord hallelujah Thank you, Lord. Elise, Elise and Christopher, come in real quick. Elise and Christopher, come in real quick. 